What's up, guys? It's Ace Coleman here with the Champion Blueprint Podcast, and today I have Zach Plonsky on. Zach is from Wisconsin. He has been shooting pro for one year now and has made a Vegas shoot-off. He shot several top 10s in the ASA, and he is a great command shooter. So what's going on, Zach? Not much, just hanging out. Yeah, so... Tell us a little bit about like uh, how you got into archery in the first place. I actually started shooting. I'm um, 32 now. Um, I started shooting when I was about 16. I shot for two or three years. I shot a little bit competitively. I would say that, but it was just uh, like local five spot shoots. I shot scores like 280s, 290s in the five spot. And I was super jacked about it. And I thought I was like the next best thing and the best thing ever. But all we did was local shoots. And then I kind of quit archery until about um, 2016 or 2017. Uh, I started shooting again and then kind of jumped back into shooting spots. And then one of my buddies, he had just turned pro in 2017. And uh, he mostly shot the ASA stuff. So he kind of got me into starting to shoot ASA and started traveling around. And I kind of sucked for a couple of years for sure. I mean, I Mm. I thought I was really good, but I wasn't. Now, why is that? I shot at a local level with 20 guys and people really don't understand what it's like to go even to a national shoot as an amateur and see the difference and see the capabilities of people. If you've only been around a small amount of people, Mm -hmm. I shot my first shoot in 2017, my first national shoot, it was ASA Paris, Texas and K40 and I won. So my very first national shoot, I won it. And I'm like, okay, this is easy. Like I'm going to go to K45 the next tournament. And I did in London. And honestly, I probably took in the bottom 20%. And I did the rest of that year in K45. Mm. And it's just different. It's a different kind of pressure. It's, you know, you're spending a thousand dollars to go or, you know, however much your expenses are. It's a lot of pressure, I think, for a lot of people. So I moved up. I shot K45 in 2018. And in 2019, in 2019, I believe, uh, was the year I did pretty good in K45. I took third for shooter of the year in K45, and I thought that was amazing. I actually took third behind Ryan Dempsey, who is now shooting in Gnome Pro, and Remington Boyer uh, won that year. And he won a couple of shoots in K45 that year, but he also didn't do so hot. But the ones he won... His scores were so big that the classic, I think he could have probably shot even and still beat us on shooter of the year. Like he was, he was like, I feel like as good as he shoots now in K45, he was uh, pretty amazing. Then I took, uh, then I took a couple of years off. Actually, I went to a couple indoor shoots, um, like Midwest open, just smaller stuff like that. Um, That's it really for national shoots. That's all I had really been to was Midwest open. Um, I went to Midwest open and then our state shoot for a couple years. And then in 2022, I shot in Gnome Pro. I came back to ASA and I shot two or three shoots in Gnome Pro. Um, I had one finish that was like maybe 20th place and the other finishes were were not good. I don't think, and I did shoot Iowa Pro-Am in 2022 for the first time as an amateur. And then I, sh- and I shot maybe like, I swear I shot maybe like a 675 it was not, I was like barely, in, I don't even know if I made money in the amateur class. And then I shot Vegas for the first time in 2022. And I actually shot 899. I shot a nine in like my eighth end on the last day. But it was pretty decent, like never being to Vegas. Kind of had some high expectations, but kind of didn't. But 
just did my best. And, and then it transitioned into the end of 2022. I was, I had shot a hinge this whole time and I had shot like a, I think I shot my first 30 X that I had shot in practice ever in like 2020, but I could shoot a 30 X maybe like two or three a year. And literally the next round I could shoot a 297 with 17 X's. Like I was just, I could maybe pop out a good score, but never under pressure. And my mental game was not there. I had no shot process. And in the end of 2022, I really gained a shot process. And that was like the highlight of the highlight of my start, I feel like, to climbing out sure, of the sure. hole and being more uh, being more consistent. And then at the end of 2022, it was just the end of summer. And I was kind of done with tournaments. And some of my buddies were joking around about punching. And I said, well, I'm kind of sick of sucking, so I'll try it. And they all made fun of me because, I mean, we can be honest that it still kind of is the taboo thing, but it's starting to become more, I would say, more mainstream almost. It's not like everyone's doing it, but it's almost more accepted, I think, is the is the right way to say it. Some guys are doing it and they're doing it really well. And some guys that try it and don't do it well, I think that they understand that in about one tournament and they go back to shooting a surprise shot because if you're not under control when you're punching it's going to look like me shooting in the finals at lancaster that's that's how much control <laughs> no you did not Seriously. you can't like, you roasted no, yourself bad. that's how uncontrolled i was in that situation True. so that's what happens when you're, in my opinion, if I shot a hinge, I could have shot way better even being as nervous as I was. So I, I did take that and, uh, and try to learn from it. But anyways, the end of 2022, I started punching a little bit and it was, we were just shooting outside, like kind of like K45 courses almost is kind of what we have around here for the most part. I mean, there'll be like, it's like a K45 course with like one or two targets that are at 47 or 49 yards. Like it's not like an actual, you know, known pro or K50 range, but I was shooting those and I just draw back and wait for my pin to be the middle. And I hit the trigger and then my arrow was in the middle and it was, I mean, I shoot usually I was shooting then a seven power lens for 3d with a high power clarifier. And at almost 50 yards, I could almost see rings on black targets. So wow. as long as I was patient enough, it didn't, it didn't matter. In 3D, it worked out pretty good just in practice. I never got to do it in a tournament. I never got to try it. I was really nervous to punch actually shooting paper because I know that nerves for a lot of people shooting indoor are worse because you know kind of that everything's on the line. Like, wow, I'm here and I, I shoot one bad shot and my weekend's over. I, I still got to struggle through the rest of them and just, you know, follow along. But I started practicing. Um, I actually switched. I bought a Hoyt Stratus at the end of 2022 in November. And I switched to that. And it was a little bit softer cam than what I was shooting. And that made it me be able to be a lot more. Because I, I went to the HBT cam. I had tried the SVX in the past many years ago. And it worked well for me. I was shooting a hinge and I was pulling really hard. But the HBT, I can be a little more lazy and um, a little more relaxed and aim my bow better. And I, I just, I picked it up and I believe the first round I shot with it was like a 300 of 28 and I was punching. And I was like the first round I ever shot punching. And I kind of thought it was a fluke because that always happens to me. My first couple rounds of the year were always really, really, really good. And then I would just go downhill. My confidence wouldn't be there. I'd have no mental game. My expectations would go up and I never could really put it together. Well, I kept practicing and it just kind of never stopped. And I think 
I'd say last year in practice, I maybe shot two nines all year. And I never, in a tournament, I mean, I'll be honest, besides the Lancaster final, I never shot a nine all year in a tournament or, uh, or I never missed yeah. a five spot. And I, I mean, for me, it was, it was definitely the, the punching thing. So that's kind of how yeah. I got started. That's kind of was my journey. And then I kind of rolled into uh, my first tournament last year I went to was Rushmore Rumble. I was really nervous. First, first tournament with a new bow, first tournament punching, first tournament that I was running almost probably three times the amount of weight on my bow I've ever ran because I typically ran maybe 30 ounces total on my bow. And honestly, I probably had at least 50 or 55 on it at Rushmore. And I shot as an amateur. And the first day, I think I shot a, a had to be, I shot clean on the five spot. I think I shot 54 X's. So I missed six, six X's, which I'll be honest, in the amateur class, I was, I believe the only person to shoot clean. So I just needed to shoot a 300 the day two, day two. But um, either way, I still felt the pressure because I still really wanted to do good. I was shooting really big scores in practice. And I really was hoping to put one up in a tournament. I ended up shooting a 30 X on day two on the three spot. So I shot 900 with 84 X's and I, and I think it was eight ninety nines. Christian Clark, he took second. I think yeah, he took second at Rushmore and then Jason Gedkin, who has been shooting amateur for a while, but definitely like staying in the top of the amateur class. He, uh, he took third. So that was good. I was kind of happy, but I just really wasn't satisfied going home. And I, I really didn't know why. Next tournament I went to was Rushmore, or sorry, it was Iowa. Um, I shot a 60X on day one. And once again, I shot in the amateur class in Iowa. I shot a 60X on day one, and I think it was like my sixth or seventh end. On day two, I dropped an X, but I shot a 29X on day two. So I shot one, one down, I shot 689, and I won Iowa as an amateur. And once again, Christian took Christian Clark took second and Gage Collette, who is, I believe, shooting as a pro now this year, as well as Christian, uh, took third. But right. I went home from Iowa and I just still wasn't happy. It, I mean, chance won with a 689 in the pro class. But and anyone can say that. And everyone said that, oh, you should have shot pro. You should have shot pro. Well, most people that say that have never shot pro or have never been in that position to win. And they don't realize that shooting a 689 as an amateur or as a pro is kind of a different thing. As an amateur, I could have probably dropped four more points and won the tournament. As a pro, you're going knowing that 688 or 689 is like like this weekend. We have Midwest Open coming up. If you've looked at the list, there's some good guys on that list. You know, yourself included, sure. me, Tate Morgan, Christian Clark, Gage. I can't remember off the top of my head, but there is some some good shots going. Like it's going to take. I mean, it'll take probably one or two points down to win a tournament that only has 15 pros going to it. But I mean, you're shooting against some of the best people. Like that. That's just how it is. For sure. But I went home and I was not. I was not happy. Still, I was happy with how I shot. I was not satisfied with my accomplishment. So next year, still room to improve. I wasn't mad about the scores. I wasn't feeling satisfied winning as an amateur. That's really what it came wow. down to. I there's one thing to want to win, and that is my that is how I have lived my whole life. I mean, I can't do anything without it being a competition. I just I want to win at everything, but sometimes that gets me a little bit. I, I know mentally that gets me a little bit because I want it too bad, I think, but it does drive me enough to get at a higher level, I think. 
So I went to Lancaster and I shot as a pro and I shot Lancaster as a pro. I shot Vegas as a pro, obviously. And then I just, you know, that was the thing. I shot Lancaster, Vegas and indoor nationals as a pro. And well, I've been in the pro class since I shot those three tournaments and I shot the whole ASA, the whole ASA schedule besides London. I did not make it to London, but besides that, I so I shot maybe eight tournaments so far as a pro this year, and now 2024 is about to start. Yeah, dude, uh, tell us about um, your 660 at Lancaster and Vegas and indoor nationals. Lancaster was, um, I can't really think of the words really. Maybe it was bittersweet. I really went there. Um, I looked at scores from years past and kind of looked at the cut. My goal going to Lancaster was to make the top 64 in my first shoot as a pro. That 100% is all that was on my mind. Even though I was shooting good scores, that that's what I was thinking about. I went there and I practiced. My first day I got there, I got there on Thursday and I practiced. And I think I shot two rounds and I think I shot like a, like a 27X and a 29X. I usually, when I get to a tournament, I always usually shoot a scoring round actually just because that's how I practice. I don't really just shoot arrows at home. I typically shoot one or two Vegas scoring rounds and that's all I do for practice. So when I get to a tournament, I just don't go shoot arrows. I just at least keep track of my score and try to make it worth something. And so I said, that was fine. You know, I was like four or five down in practice and I'm like, well, if I can do that, I'll be fine. I'll kind of be, I mean, unfortunately five down is almost the middle of the pack as a pro in Lancaster. And that's, I mean, once again, that's the things that you got to almost keep out of your mind and just do your thing and shoot your shots because stepping on the line with the best people in the world, you are shooting with the best people in, in the whole world. So, so I shot my first round and I shot a 30, which was kind of cool. You know, and we switched targets and everything. And then some people started coming up to me that I know and checking in and they didn't really help. They kind of put the pressure on like, yo, people are talking about you. Like, Oh my gosh. I think, yeah. I think it was, if I had to recall right, it was me and Jesse were the only ones clean. I was on the Friday line at four o'clock and I think we were the only ones clean after the first round. I believe it was Jesse. Um, I don't remember exactly, but yeah, it was. And then there were some people behind me and then about the third round, third end of the second round, PJ Riley was there with a the camera on one side and someone else from competition archer media was on the other side with a camera. And I can tell you my heart, you could probably see it beating through my Jersey because I'm like, what? Like, I didn't, I don't want to say I didn't realize it was such a big deal, but I didn't only because I never anticipated even being in that position. Like I never even thought like, Oh, that's even a possibility. So but when, when the cameras came, that really adds some pressure. That that's pretty insane. I wouldn't say that the cameras bother me as much right this second, but I would say that the cameras do do something when you've never had a camera on you to having a camera. And then there's, I mean, by the seventh or eighth end, there had to be 50 people standing behind my target. Like a guy's a guy is smart enough to realize why they're standing there. Like, yeah, you only got to shoot six more arrows or nine more arrows in the middle. Like, You've done it. How many times do you shoot two or three ends clean at home? You do it all the time, but that was a, that was a little different. Yeah, so dude. I ended up shooting clean, which was really cool. I was happy. Obviously, I, uh, I shed a couple tears for sure. Then 
PJ Riley told me I wasn't done shooting. And I had to shoot. Then me and Bodie had to do a shoot off to know the seeds for the matches for the second day. And honestly, at that point, I just, I think I was, I was worn out mentally, physically. I think I had enough adrenaline. I was fine. But uh, mentally I was worn out. I was to my max, but somehow I pulled through. Um, we shot a couple ends for score, and I think Bodie missed his first arrow, maybe. Um, I think it was five X's to six X's. I shot clean, and then I went on to matches the second day. Um, my matches, my first match, I literally think I dropped eight points in my first match. It was a train wreck. How I won that, I, I don't know. It was, if you go back and look, it was the lowest scores in all of the matches. It was just lucky. It was, it was pure luck I made it through. My next two matches, I shot 130 out of 132. I dropped two points in both of my matches. I didn't shoot perfect in my next two matches, but I, I picked myself back up and I shot much better. My second match was against, I don't remember. I remember that went closest to center and I won on a closest to center. And then my third match to make it into the finals was against Austin Taylor. And, and our score, I think it was 130 to 129. So I just squeaked by that one too. And I made it into the finals and I didn't do any of my shot process in the finals. I didn't follow my mental game. I went out there, I shot my arrows. And if you've watched that video, you can see I didn't do my job. I didn't, I didn't do everything I trained to do. I got up on that stage and I did none of it. And I don't want to say I'm happy that happened because I would like to win the whole shoot. Obviously who wouldn't, but it really helped me move forward with realizing where you have to be mentally to perform at that level. Yeah. Where, where do you have to be? We'll say that again. Where do you have to be? For me, I tell myself a shot process every shot. I literally, it. you might think it sounds crazy um, listening to this, but I talk in my head every shot. It's only a couple of words and it's only two to four things. And it's typically what I'm struggling with, what I'm not doing the best. For me, command shooting is being patient. Um, sometimes it's my anchor or being in the center of my peep or loading up on my button a little bit before I shoot it because I don't shoot a super light button. I actually load up on a little bit before I before I command shoot it. But some any of those things that I'm struggling with, especially, I say those things before I even shoot. I say it as I'm drawing, as I'm anchoring, whatever I need to do. And in my opinion, it takes me out of the shot. It takes me out of the tournament and saying, wow, I'm here at Vegas. And it takes me to do this, do this, do this. And I'm just doing my job instead of, oh my God, I really hope I really hit this one in the middle. Like sure. I'm not thing. I'm just following this process. And like I said, that is one thing I did that really, uh, I felt like bumped my game up to another level. Awesome. So, I finished, so I finished eighth at Lancaster. Then I went to Vegas. My first round in Vegas um, first time, second time at Vegas, first time I shot up in the halls. This is the first time in the arena. Um, I got there on Wednesday. I shot, I changed my draw length Wednesday night. My practice Tuesday or Thursday, my length and my draw length some more on Thursday. Um, I shot my first scoring round Friday. Um, I think I shot a uh, 26X, I think. Yeah, I shot 326 on day one. Still didn't like my draw length after day one. Um, I went up into the halls and I shot probably 200 arrows that night. And I lengthened my draw length, I think another 16th or an eighth of an inch after day one. And then day two, I shot a 29X and the one I missed, it should have been a nine. It shouldn't even, it shouldn't even been a 10. Like it was a horrible shot. So, and it was totally me. I left it alone for day three and then I shot a 30X on day three. 
and made it in the shoot off. Um, I made it a couple ends in the shoot off. Once again, my nerves were a lot better. Um, I handled myself a lot better. I did my breathing and that's one thing that helped me a lot. And one end I shot two X's and a 10 and I was out and I ended up in eighth place in in uh in vegas again so i had two eighth place finishes in a row my first two tournaments as a pro then i went to indoor nationals uh, shot clean shot 120 made it to the shoot off and first end of inside out scoring i forgot how many of us there were but there was maybe 25 but i'm gonna say 16 of us shot four inside outs and one that wasn't an inside out so we all got bumped to eighth place so i ended up eighth place at indoor nationals if lewis holmes listens to this lewis shot four x's and a four at indoor nationals and <laughs> with me, the guy shot a blueberry and still somehow, oh my I, don't gosh. Know, I don't know if that's even right, but he has a million excuses, but so then I went to Foley. I don't remember how I did, to be honest. Um, ASA season was kind of a blur for me. Um, I can't remember really exactly how I did um, at all the tournaments, but I'd say I took maybe 20, 25th. I'd say maybe like 30 up for the weekend in Foley roughly. But then I started shooting better. I was kind of I was kind of sticking between like 36 and I think maybe the highest I shot was 48 up for the for the season or 46. I kind of stuck in between there the rest of the season, had a couple top 10s. Actually took home some money almost every tournament, so right. That was not bad, but I spent too much time on the leaderboard at ASA to not make it too. So definitely a disappointment. For me, it was a disappointment. I still had a good year, but I really, really, really wanted to continue what I was doing for indoor, outdoor. But I mean, I have kind of just accepted that. Obviously, I think things work better for me indoor, but I still think I can be a good outdoor shooter. There's just some things maybe I need to find. I think I need to spend more time like I do indoors. I spend so much time with my arrows and my setup. And I'll be honest, outdoor, I kind of just throw a bow together and shoot it and I, I haven't really found the best process to make the best outdoor bow. And I feel like I found some things indoor that make things a lot better for me. And I just haven't found how to get, how to get there outside yet. Sure. Awesome. So, um, that was a lot. yeah, for sure. <laughs> so uh, as far as like having like some sort of like mantra, you, you talk to yourself with, what are some examples with things that you struggle with? Hang on here. I'm going to pull it right up and tell you, cause I should have it. See, this is the other problem. The last time I updated my process on my notes in my phone was March 26th. See how that worked for indoor or for outdoor season? Kind of right. correlation there. That so one. So here's some things that uh, the most common things that I kind of go through that help me are my anchor. My anchor gets really sloppy on my face. I just draw back, look through my peep, and when I anchor good. I actually hold better too. I would think that works that way for everybody, but I could be wrong, to be honest. Um, my I bubble, agree. my bubble. I always typically, I, I have a, I have a hard time. I fight my bubble a lot, but if I do good with getting my bubble good, shooting's easier. Everything's a little, little more consistent and forgiving for me. Strong shot. This is hard to explain. I only say strong shot. I say it, but everyone's strong shot, I think is different. I think some people's execution weight could be 40 pounds. And I think some people's strong shot execution weight should be, could be 12 pounds. That could be a strong shot for them. Depending on what your holding weight is, I think could depend on that or how much mass weight you have on your bow would really depend on how strong of a shot you need to make 
I don't know if making a, a weaker shot is better or a stronger shot is better for a certain person. But I know I have learned that if I, I have learned some bows, I feel like no matter what you do, shoot better if you don't pull as hard. And some bows shoot better if you pull as hard as you can. And the bow I benched, the, the Stratus with the HBT cams, I feel like the bow is amazing, but it's so good that it's made me lazy and made me shoot worse because I can pull literally as hard as I can to where I'm shaking and punch it in the middle and it goes in the middle. And I literally shoot so weak that I'm holding about 18 pounds and I could be executing at 19 pounds, just enough to hold it on the back wall and punch it in the middle and it goes right in the middle. And Beautiful. it's awesome, but it's when they, you know, if Hoyt comes out with a new bow and gets rid of those cams, I'm kind of going to have to learn how to shoot better again. Uh, yeah. In my opinion, that bow is just uh, that, that it's that uh, for me personally, it's that forgiving that I can shoot that different. But under under pressure, for sure, I try to make a fairly strong shot. So if I do get weak before I command shoot my, my shot, I might be giving up a little tension, but it's I'm still pulling hard enough that I'm not coming off the back wall if I give up any tension. So yes, I'm right. probably pulling from what most people, what most other people are shooting. And my last thing that I tell myself always, no matter what, is be patient. Because I mean, if you've dabbled with command shooting and tried it, drive-bys are fun until they're not. And drive-bys are fun in practice when they hit the middle all the time until you get nervous. And mm. it's really hard, in my opinion, to con- – I was doing some drive-bys really bad. And I, what I mean by that, for people who don't know, is my dot is just going crazy and mostly in the yellow. It stays in the yellow in a Vegas. My, my aim always typically is in the yellow. It, it doesn't stay in the 10. It doesn't stay in the X. It's kind of the whole nine, to be honest. And that's why I feel like command shooting was so good for me that I could be patient and wait for it to be in the middle and hit the trigger. Well, with my hinge, you don't want to start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. So I would just keep executing. Exactly. And boom, my dot's in an X. It's in the 10. It's in the 9. It's in the I X. I agree. Dude. That sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I, I pulled out a hinge the other day just just because <laughs> I, I tried it. And literally for me to get the thing to freaking go off, you know, I have to let go of the pin. And as soon as I let go of my aim, oftentimes the dot's going to drift off and you're just going to have these small little misses. Yep. Well, if command like, shooting is a lot better. Way, and I agree with that too. A lot of small misses that I would get too. Like honestly, with a hinge though, I would 98% of my shots, my dot with a hinge stays stays at least a half shaft, half, I would say a half dot, my dot that I use in my scope, at least half my dots in the 10 almost all times with a hinge. Maybe most people say that's a form of target panic. And I actually agree when I know I'm going to punch it. Yes. My aim's worse. I just have to be more patient. And as long as I'm patient, I just wait for it to get in the middle and, and it seems to work out, but yeah. being really, but I want to go back to the drive by thing because I think people don't get that, that yeah, my, my, my aim is the whole nine. It really is. And people are like, there's no way we watched you shoot. Your bow doesn't move. Yeah. Well, if any, if you know anything about aiming and realize that it doesn't have to look like it's moving to make it be moving in your sight picture. The other thing is I shoot, I mean, last year, most of the year I shot a nine power lens. I shot an eight at the end of the year. And right now I'm kind of at like an eight and a half. I'm at like a strong eight. Well, my bow, you can put it 
you can hold it on something and it looks like it's moving because there's a, you know, I'm shooting an eight power lens and my draw is about 29 inches, but I'm also shooting it on a six inch bar with my bar pushed out as far as I can go. Like, so I'm getting, the only way I get more magnification out of that lens itself would be to get a longer bar or shoot a longer draw, which I'm obviously not going to do that, but there's so much magnification there that, yeah, even if I'm drifting on the edges of the 10 out in the nine, it's really still holding really good. And I I tried to go down, I tried to go down to a six and honestly, my aim looks the same. I went down to a four. I shot with just a pin and nothing. If I shoot with a nine power lens or if I shoot with a pin with no lens, I literally move. I see the same amount of movement. I shouldn't say I move the same amount because that's false. I see the same amount. Well, it doesn't matter what you see because I know with my nine power lens, if I'm seeing the same movement with no lens, I'm moving a heck of a lot less. So, so that's why I say like, it's just, I got, I do wait though. The the whole patience thing. I just, I stress that if you're going to try punching. Another thing, I kind of want to just jump into this with the command shooting. I haven't really heard anyone say this, at least on a podcast, but I, I talk about this with people at a local level, local friends, people that shoot around me and stuff that people see people punching and they're like, oh, I should try it. I should try it. I should try it. I don't discourage people from doing it, but I actually really encourage people to shoot a hinge and learn how to shoot a hinge. Dude, you sound like me. If you, this is so true. In my opinion, if you can't shoot a good shot, I don't think you're going to shoot a good shot punching either. I I don't, I just don't think it's going to work out. And honestly, I mean, I just want to say some of the off the top of my head for command shooters. I know you're, you're just starting to do it. I was last weekend, your first weekend in a tournament doing it. And you only dropped three points. You had a really good weekend doing it. Um, Obviously I started doing it. Kyle, honestly, Tim, who are some more command shooters that are really at a a high level? Jimmy Jimmy and uh, Robert. Yeah. Now, Robert, I'm not sure of. And Jimmy, I'm honestly not sure of either. But I mean, Jimmy used to shoot a hinge. I know that. Kyle used to shoot a hinge. How good he used to shoot it, I don't know. Kyle, I remember, I don't know where I heard this, but I heard that Kyle said, well, I shot a hinge and I shot good, but I just... Like you said, it was just like you, he yeah, couldn't get that final edge, right? But the guys that punch and do it, they don't go to... I'm going to hurt some people's feelings right here. Shooting 30Xs in practice or shooting... And honestly, for me, 27 to 30 in practice is kind of my goal. 27 is like... 28 is like, okay, not bad. And 29 to 30 is like, okay, I'm here today. Like, I, I did good. Sure. But going to a tournament and doing it is a different thing, too. If you can't shoot somewhat decent with a hinge in practice with no pressure, when you have to be patient, when you have to, when you get to decide when that thing fires every single shot, I think a person, you really have to be in control also shooting a hinge. You're in so much control of firing that shot, but still being patient. And it's so, there is, I think, a lot of similarities with punching, but it's so much easier to learn them with a hinge. It really is. And what person can, what person really has been shooting any high scores at a tournament that can't shoot a hinge? Powerful. This is real. I I preach on this myself, man. I, I personally believe, I completely agree. You should not be command shooting unless you know, and can like, if you can't shoot a 300 with a hinge, like just base level 20 X with a hinge at 20 yards, I don't even think you should be command shooting. I think 
the guys, like I said, I'm probably going to hurt some feelings and that's okay. It doesn't bother me that much, but it's really only saying it to try to help the people listening to this podcast that are considering punching. When you're shooting five nines or more in a Vegas round, punching is not going to fix your problems. I just, I mean that in the most sincere way that, well, if I just punch, like everyone's, everyone that's punching is doing it good. That's not true. Look how many people are actually punching and doing it good. And look how many people are actually shooting a hinge and at least shooting it at a really high level. Way more people are shooting a hinge at a really high level. Yes, some of those people have tried punching. They're back to shooting a hinge. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it, it works differently for some people. And man, I just can't stress that. And, and I shouldn't even say shooting a hinge. That's actually not incorrect. Shooting a surprise shot, in my opinion. I shouldn't even, I shouldn't have been saying shooting a hinge all along. Cause I don't care if you shoot a caliper, a button, a tension release, whatever. All releases. I think being able to shoot a surprise shot and learning that first is really, really, I can't stress that. The amount of people that tell me, will you help me like learn how to punch? I won't help any of them. I've yeah. never, only because they're not at a level, in my opinion, that even that is high enough to do good punching. That's not a, it's not a negative on anybody either. Everybody is at a different spot. And I think that's one huge problem with archery is, well, I've been shooting some better scores in the past couple of years, for sure, in practice. Typically in practice this year, I'm between 28 and 30 X's. One of my buddies, I think his highest round he shot is uh, 328. And some days he could shoot a 297 with 20. You know, he's like, you know, he's, he's a really good shot. But he's just, he's kind of, he just hasn't figured out the consistency part yet, which in my opinion, it's a lot of mental and it's a lot of shot process. And I've been trying to jam it down his throat, but you can lead him to the water, but you can't make him drink. So I try. But in my opinion, one big problem that people have also with not being able to shoot good is like part of his problem. And he knows it. He admits it is practicing together. He's like, well, I just watch you shoot 29 and 30 X's and I'm over here struggling and why can't I be there? What's, what's taking me so long? Like if it's taking you longer, there's some options in my opinion you can do one. You can work harder. I mean, that's the easiest. The problem is when I tell people they should maybe work harder to get better, they say, okay, instead of shooting 300 arrows this week, I'll shoot a thousand. Well, you're probably not going to get any better. You're probably maybe going to get worse because you're going to overtire yourself. Sure. Shooting more arrows in my opinion does not, it's good for stamina. It's good because you can learn your tendencies easier shooting more arrows in my opinion. But what are you doing in practice to get better? What situation are you putting yourself in? What equipment changes are you trying? What form changes are you trying? What mental game changes are you trying? I see so many guys around me that are so good. And if they would apply themselves, it would be amazing. But in my opinion, it's just my opinion. I think that a lot of people's work ethic they believe is on how many arrows they shoot. And I mean, I'll be honest, me and Jimmy, we live maybe an hour from each other and we have never practiced together. But our practice routine is almost the same. And a lot of times I know for indoor, from what Jimmy has told me, is he'll walk in. Maybe he'll shoot an arrow or two for practice. He'll shoot a game, maybe two games, maybe, but probably 30 arrows and be done. And honestly, I've been shooting at most. Today, today I, sh- today I shot no practice ends. I've been doing no practice because if I miss one in practice... I don't know. I It doesn't matter really so much to me. It is practice, but like I am going to practice, but I don't need practice per se, in my opinion, practicing. 
I need to shoot some arrows. I want to put myself in the position. I want to shoot 27 X's in a row and say, okay, this is what you need to, you need to shoot three X's for a 660. You need to shoot three X's to shoot perfect in Iowa. Like I want to put myself mentally in that position and then work through that. And that's, that's the best practice for me personally that I have been getting lately is putting myself in the position. It's really hard. Some people are like, oh my gosh, how do you do that? Like, it's way different. I do agree. It's way different, but I am lucky enough to have made it to Lancaster. You know, I made this shoot off at Lancaster Vegas at internationals and I felt that pressure and I know how I felt in Lancaster and I can put myself there again and I can get myself so nervous in my last three arrows in practice with no one around because of Lancaster. So, that, wall a little bit. so that's why I, I said earlier, I said, I'm not happy that I lost but it has been such a learning thing for me. I think it was more beneficial for what happened to happen for me to grow, to be honest. For sure. Wow. Dude, this is power. I agree with everything you've said so far. Yeah. So for people that are thinking about command shooting, basically learn how to shoot a surprise shot first and don't just focus on shooting more arrows to get better. Just focus on how, how to actually get better. Like what are you tangibly doing? you know, and then putting yourself in those pressure situations at home. Well, I think the, if you can figure out, if you can self-diagnose, you will be better overnight. I like this. Literally, if you can't self-diagnose yourself, I could not diagnose, I could not diagnose you if you told me what was wrong with how you were shooting. Honestly, I can't look at, I cannot look at a person and help them. I am the worst coach there is. I I can give you the basics and help you with that, but to really diagnose your form or your shot, I can't do it. But I can self-diagnose almost everything about my equipment. I say almost because I'm not perfect and I don't think anyone is, but True. I can I can feel what changes I feel like at a tournament I can feel if I need to make a change. If it's me, mentally, my equipment, whatever, right? And not always, of course, but learning that part and learning your own equipment and and getting into that too. When I first started learning my own, own equipment, I think it made me worse. I was a basket case and I never made bad shots after I could work on my own equipment. I think I thought I made the best shots every single time. And that clearly was not the case. I just was so in so mentally like oh my gosh it's my equipment i gotta change this i gotta change this and it was fun and that kind of hurt me for a while but once again it was a huge stepping stone to learn everything i have learned i'd say in like 2019 i got a brand new bow and i didn't know how to tie a loop on or you know whatever i didn't i literally the only thing i could do roughly was probably change a poundage on my bow and move my sight and honestly at that time i was shooting I wasn't really shooting Vegas rounds. I was shooting like five spot rounds and I would shoot 60 X games, but not consistently at all. But I would be between like 57 and 60 X's. I didn't know anything. And honestly, that's another huge piece of advice is you can't, you as a person, in my opinion, cannot get your equipment. I think I can get, I think my equipment shoots way better than me. It's not even that I think I know I can promise you my setup right now shoots way better than I shoot almost every single arrow. But until you learn, until you learn some fundamentals of shooting, until you learn some fundamentals of setting up your bow and at least of what works for you, 
and the different things you can do and try. Set your bow up, get it to shoot a bullet hole or somewhat close, and you should shoot some arrows and learn your tendencies. Learn that, wow, when I pull a little hard or when I push this way or when I add an ounce out front or when I do this to my back bar, kind of learn what all those things do. Instead of just having your bow press every 30 minutes, learn yourself a little bit. That wow. I just I just speak on this because I was an amateur for a while who I felt like I had the potential and I didn't know how to reach it. I spent way too much time focusing on things that didn't help me actually get better. Wow. So Okay. So like you're you're saying that you focused way too much on your equipment and not enough on yourself? I don't think I started focusing on myself until about it's December. I'm going to say about 14 months ago. Once I started focusing on myself, I shot scores that I laughed at myself almost because I couldn't believe I was shooting them. And all I did last year, yeah, in Vegas, I changed my draw a little bit. I, I, I did every day almost. It was something I was kind of struggling with all year, but I was shooting good. So I didn't want to change it. Well, after Lancaster, I felt like I should change it. So I changed it a hair after Lancaster, trying to help with the nerves. Well, then in Vegas, like I kind of felt what it felt like in practice. And I'm like, okay, I think I can go more. And I just kept going more until I felt like it was the right amount. But really, even last year, I really didn't change much besides working on my shot process and my mental game. And I think my equipment, my equipment this year is 100 times better than it was last year. But last year I focused on myself and the one time I really let it slip, like I said, once again, I, I admit it over and over and it was on the Lancaster shootoff stage. I did nothing that I worked on. I worked months to do the right thing and then I didn't do it. So it yeah. just goes to show that the tiniest of things make the biggest impact. Wow. This is powerful stuff, man. I, I would definitely agree with the shot process. You need to have like a rubric to go to something you can fall back on. You got to know, like, like I, I try to teach people to focus on every individual movement, break it up into chunks, and and be very clear about what you do, how it's supposed to feel, where your shoulders are supposed to be at and everything, and uh, switching from putting the pin in the middle and then starting your execution process, you know, getting that transition to be s- seamless. I, I, I would definitely say that if you don't have a ton of time to, like, play with your equipment and stuff, getting the process down and then your execution, that's going to be the biggest game changer for you. Yep. I agree a hundred percent. My execution was one of the biggest things I actually struggled with the hinge. Honestly, I could break, say I broke 30 shots in the middle in a row. I'd still only hit 25 because my execution was so inconsistent. My dot would be in the middle, but it doesn't matter. It, I mean, I hate to tell, tell everyone this, but just clear dots in the middle. If you, if you ain't doing your job on the back end, it ain't going there. Like, The back end, in my opinion, does way more than the front. You can be moving around in the front and it can find the middle. But if you ain't doing your job in the back and making a good shot, at least, at least, a I don't mean perfect shot, but if you ain't making at least a good shot, you're going to have a hard time finding the middle, even if you're aiming really good. Unless you can just consistently make it the same bad shot every time. And it's not a bad shot. If you're consistently doing it, it's not a bad shot. I mean, that's like saying someone has bad form because what, whatever, you know, they shoot with too open of a stance or their shoulders high or their elbow ain't high enough or it's too low in the back. Well, if they shoot like that every time, it really doesn't. I mean, archery is all about consistency. Look at, look at the top 30 shooters in the world. I bet 10 to 15 of them, their form is actually pretty consistent. 
But then I bet 10 to 15 of them, you look at them and you're like, how do they do it? How are they even? And it just, they do it every time. And that's the difference is. Exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. Everyone's body is shaped a little differently, you know? And I mean, if you can get it to repeat, why not? I actually want to jump back. You said when you work with someone with the shot process, you know, you want them to think of every single step exactly how it goes. I think that's amazing. But I'm just going to say I disagree with that to a point, depending on the person. For me, I can't remember that much. Honest, honestly, if I have to remember, that's, I never do more than three things in my shot process. So I don't forget that way. That's how bad I can't remember things. And I'm just saying that for people who are like me, who are like, man, I I got the shot process written down, but I can't have the sheet of paper to read on the line to like do everything. Yeah, it really depends on the person. So if you are a person who has a hard time, like, and if you're just focusing on all these little things and it's almost distracting you from doing your shot, you know, like you at least you got to find at least for me, I got to find the things that I can do without telling myself to do them every time. Those are the things I actually don't put in my shot process. I I know not everyone will agree with that, but I do that because I can't remember everything. If I try to remember 10 things, I might as well not have a shot process. I like this. It's just, it's just wow. a little wow. thing for people if they can't, you know, like I said, if you can't remember as much, really at least work on reminding yourselves of the things you struggle with the most. So at least you're moving forward. I like that. Yeah, I've never heard of it like quite that way. Like your approach is very simple and simplicity is easy to repeat. You don't have to remember every little detail. You don't have to have like some long drawn out thing. Like one of the biggest complaints I've had, some people have like this long drawn out like mantra or something they say during their shot and like they can do it in practice. But then when they go to a tournament, it's like they go blank and they're like, oh, I didn't do my shot process. And then they realize they're not doing their shot process. And then it's like, a train wreck because they know they're it's like they become too analytical and that's yep. where if you keep it simple you you make it okay to trust yourself to do your job when you get blank at a tournament in my opinion it, it is your nerves don't forget at an indoor tournament to my knowledge i mean maybe anything overseas to be honest i have no idea i've never i've only been to like midwest open iowa rushmore Lancaster, you know, like the stuff here. Everything you shoot here is pretty much a double line. Everything you shoot here, you can have your phone. Go in your notes in your phone, write down the two to five things you need to remember, and every single end in between, read it. It's not that it's indoor archery and being able to have your phone or or even write it on a note card if, if that's easier than taking your phone out every time. But it's not that it's not that difficult to if you only have a few things to remember to remind yourself. If you remind yourself every end, it's just repetition. It's just like tying your shoes. Well, by the time you're 20 years old, you don't have to remind yourself how to tie your shoes. Like you've done it so many times. Okay, keep reminding yourself of this every time. If you can't remember your shot process and you go blank when you get nervous, I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think it's something you gotta work on. Okay. What about when you're at work the next week? Is it that hard to take 10 minutes out of your day each day just to think about it? Like repetition and thinking about it, getting into your brain. I mean, I'm no psychologist by no means, like farthest thing from it. But I mean, to me, it's kind of common sense that the repetition will take over after times. When you're nervous, it's the hardest time to do anything that isn't easy. 
hardest. If you go to an archery tournament, you're not nervous. One, you're not going to win because you're not there to win. You're there to have fun. Or two, you're going to win every shoot there is. And let me tell you, there's no one win in every shoot because, I mean, one of the most dominant archers right now we have is Kyle Douglas. And he'll, he admits it plain out that he, he's just as nervous as everyone else. But that repetition and fighting through that and, you know, and having the confidence that you're going to do the things really is, really is key. I mean, yeah, dude, excellent stuff. Well, where can people find you on social media? I don't have like a athlete page or nothing. I just have my personal Facebook. You can follow me on there, but I'm maxed out on friends. So I kind of, I need to make a athlete page. I've been saying this for a year now because I reached 5,000 friends about three days after Lancaster. It was, it was overwhelming and neat. But yeah, so Zach Plonsky on Facebook and uh, Z Plonsky Instagram. Instagram, I don't do so well on. I'm not very tech savvy. I'm not young like you. I'm kind of thing is easier for me. Sure. But anyway, keep, I'm gonna try to uh, try to get an athlete page made here. Hopefully before indoor season really kicks off, because I would like to get down to about 500 friends on my personal page and just have my friends and family on there and then maybe have just a uh, archery page. Respect. Awesome. Well, we've had a great podcast, Zach. I know I want to see you this weekend at the Midwest Open. And uh, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll have some, some more episodes in the future, but peace out, man. All right. Thanks.